0: mm Welcome to the Diversity and Inclusion On Air podcast. This podcast is a program of the American Association of Veterinary Medical College's Diversity Matters Initiative. The podcast explores various issues related to diversity and inclusion in the veterinary profession and provides the AAVMC an opportunity to offer ongoing diversity programming to our member institutions, as well as all veterinary professionals. My name is Dr. Lisa Greenhill. I'm the Senior Director for Institutional Research and Diversity at the AAVMC. Now, we have had a couple of shows, um, international shows this year, but just as yet another reminder, the US is not the only place where intense discussions about diversity, equity, and inclusion are taking place. In the wake of George Floyd's murder in May 2020, protests about racial discrimination happened all over the world. Um, Initially sparked as solidarity protests, it became very clear, um, (laughs) not very much long after, that a lot of the protests um, were really about local issues um, uh, everywhere. And certainly in Britain, a lot of folks were protesting for themselves and um, the incidents uh, Um, of racism and discrimination that were happening within the country. So uh, the British Veterinary uh, Ethnicity and Diversity Society, also known as BVEDS, um, was and remains very active in providing support for BAME veterinarians. As we know, affinity groups play an important role in helping veterinary professionals feel welcome and included within the profession. So I am delighted to welcome the VEDS leaders back to the show to talk about what the organization has been up to uh, during the last few years since we chatted a few years ago. So welcome, Dr uh marissa robinson and the part the bomb welcome <laughs> hi, hi there <laughs> Great. welcome back so uh it's been a while so why don't um i have you all introduce yourselves tell us a little bit about yourselves. the why don't you go first
1: okay uh so, hi, so yeah i'm feeb i'm a dairy vet during the day and um I'm also um, and I work I work for an American company actually so you might have heard of Fibro and um, but I, I manage the UK division there um, and then I do a few other things so yeah I'm co-founder of BVED um, and I try and work in different other areas looking at diversity and inclusion and, and how to support that in us in our industry. Multiple
0: jobs, multiple jobs. <laughs> wow, that's pretty awesome. All right, so uh, Issa, what? What? Uh, tell us about yourself.
2: Okay, so hi, my name is Issa Robson. I am the other co-founder of Vets, um, and um, I'm a farm vet um, by trade. Um, I am now a in uh, veterinary education, so I'm now a clinical, a veterinary clinical teaching fellow at the University of Surrey um and yeah and yeah we we do be veds and um yeah it's it's a good I've now got the right job kind of combination so I'm hoping to get back to do some clinical work as well and then it will be perfect
0: awesome so uh it's been a couple of years since you both were on the show last so uh so tell us what have you all been up to you know little yeah <laughs> so
2: I, I can't it's it's kind of it's become a bit of a blur i think um our um most recent things that have happened and i'll i'll just list a few and um and then maybe Thebe can pick up on anything that we've missed so um we have recently become a charity so um the uh, three current trustees are um, myself phoebe um, and uh, mandisa green so um we are really delighted to have her on board we are also looking for and here's a shout out um, for three other trustees to come on, um, on board and kind of um, yeah diversify our um, yeah our mission basically. Um, what have we done? We've done we've done everything from uh, creating the first UK um, veterinary diversity conference um, to I guess maybe changing our approach a little bit to kind of like focus on the the structural we've made amazing networks and collaborations we've got um most of the time when we when we're asked to speak we are usually bringing on board um the british veterinary lgbt plus um uh, speakers as well as the BBC, so um british veterinary uh, chronic illness support um and we we have found quite a lot of success with kind of using that combination of the three different kind of like affinity groups um to uh instigate kind of change and um yeah and to educate together. And I think it's that's a really successful approach. So we're hoping to do more of that.
0: Oh, so great! I'm so glad to hear. <clears throat> Excuse, um, sorry about that. Uh, so glad to hear that um, there is also an inclusion around disability, right? So we're we're certainly seeing a lot more of that discussion um, here in the states and kinds of thinking about, well, you know, what is what does a veterinarian do, and what does a veterinarian have to physically do in order to practice, right? And I think that that we have historically had such a narrow kind of, well, they have to do this, that, and the other. So they have to do, so they have to be physically this, that, and the other, right? And and, and I think that we're finally at a place now where people are kind of wrestling with that. So that's really um, uh, encouraging. So, um, so tell us a little bit about kind of what's been happening specifically kind of during COVID. So this last maybe like, you know, now it's kind of going into 18 months
1: or so. what what's what's going on? Yeah, well, less than we wanted to on certain fronts. So we really are keen about having an in-person conference. And sometimes we look at the things that you do in the US and we're, we're in awe uh, that we want to sort of create something like that. Um, so even at conferences, having a stream or even creating, you know, Issa talked about this Courageous Conversations conference, which was the first of its kind in the UK. But it was a shame that it was online. But in a way, we were able to get so many people. Um, and I think that... Real thing is, we are hoping that things can lock down, can ease, and eventually, and we can have a physical conference in the future. Um So I think COVID COVID has, has caused that, but also COVID has given a lot of thinking time to people, and it's given us an idea of sitting back and thinking. Well, how could we be more strategic? How could you know we're we're very small? We've got a lot of people who are part of the Facebook group. For example, we've got 400 vets and vet nurses and students on our Facebook group. But there's only me and Issa really who are doing quite a lot of the work, with other allies supporting us. Um, and it's about how can we bring more people on board, and how can we be more better with our time management. Um, so, so you know, we've done we've done uh, you know a, a couple of other things that we've done as well, which has been interesting. That Issa um, could also add as well is we, we we wrote the very first veterinary racism course in the UK, um which is being taught at Nottingham Vet School. And um, there's new student groups now, so there are four new. Uh, BVEd student groups, plus other student uh, groups that are forming or joining as well. Um, so we've got the, we've got a much bigger student voice, um, which has been great. And and one thing that we're really proud of is we're finalists for the National Diversity Awards in the UK. Um, so in September we're 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 going to go to this award ceremony, and you never know. Fingers crossed, we might win it. Um, so that's something that we've sort of achieved, and it's and, and um, we're, we're really proud of that as well. So yeah, I think. COVID- if it is one of those where I think it's more of a get together, get all our things sorted so that when we do open up, we're able to be a bit more uh, useful. But, you know, again, I think the use of technology has been something that we've learned a lot about and, and are using a lot better.
0: Sure. Yeah, I think all of us are, are ready to kind of get to. I was going to say get back to normal, but I think we all can acknowledge it's going to be a new version of, of whatever normal is going to be. But, um, you know, I, I uh, participated, I believe I participated in um, the, um, the the meeting that was, was that last fall? I think it was um, around diversity with all of the, um, the UK colleges of veterinary medicine. And it was just really such an amazing kind of conversation. And just to be a part of, um, you know, talks that are frankly, in, in meetings and, and discussions that are so similar to what we're having here. I think that um, I think that sometimes we think that there is a very different kind of lived experience. Um, and then we realize it's probably not as different <laughs> as, as we we might have thought. So, um, as I mentioned at the top of the show, the the uprisings um, that started uh, a little over a year ago did not just stay in the U.S. Can um, you talk a little bit about kind of what things were like, in you know, with respect to the social uprisings of the of the last year? And and did you see you know some responsiveness I guess from the veterinary community uh in the UK
2: yeah so um so in the UK I think probably every major like city in the UK had a protest whether that was um you know like solidarity or to kind of like highlight issues that were going on in local areas so you know like London, of course, like Birmingham, Liverpool, Manchester, Newcastle. And there were protests in Scotland as well. Um, And like, yeah, a lot of them kind of like organised under kind of like the Black Lives Matter kind of like banner. We have also have an organisation called like Stand Up to Racism. Um, And they, yeah, they organised a lot of the kind of like protests and marches. Um, it continued for quite, you know, over a month of of protests, of regular protests. Um, places like Bristol, they probably, um, yeah, probably the most notable, one of the most notable things. Um, there's a, there was a, um, a statue of a slave trader, so Edward Coulson. Colston, um, and who basically they the protesters toppled the statue they've been asking for the statue to be removed for quite a long time and um, the statue was defaced um, uh, toppled and then thrown in the harbour um, and um, yeah that that was probably one of them the most like notable things that um, uh, the protesters did um, but I think it, you know there were other things like Churchill statue, and um, kind of like um, being vandalised that kind of thing, and um, and lots of kind of outpourings of frustration with systems where people aren't engaging in dialogue and um, and yeah like that local local issues and um, yeah being um, being brought up in these protests. Um, on the BVED side, we I, I think, and you know, Thebe can um, yeah give his perspective. I, I felt we were very we were very inundated because suddenly people are, are thinking that I want to do something about racism. I, you know, I'm now aware that you know what what doing nothing can lead to. I think that's. Um, and people wanted to do something and they wanted someone to tell them what to do um and I think it was a I found that a particularly um yeah particularly busy time for me how how did you find it Lebe?
1: I I agree I think um I think it was quite mentally taxing for us and emotionally taxing um because also not only were we dealing with other people we were also questioning ourselves a little bit thinking about you know actually some of the things that maybe we we might have been part of that could have supported some of the things that were wrong and also some of the things that might have affected us personally that we had never we'd pushed the back of our mind and I think it pushed it all forward um, and I think you know things like I think a lot of students suddenly found their voice during Black Lives Matter and so we were inducted with students who were sort of sharing uh, examples or, or experiences and wanting some, that, some reassurance um, but we were also like Issa was saying talking to organisations, universities Um, And we had lots of companies sort of say, look, we want to do something. What do we do? And, you you know, for me and Issa, we're trying to do a full time job and everything else. Issa was doing a master's and and we're trying to support people in our own time, which I think was really, really um, quite difficult, really. But it was good the conversation was happening. And it was it was I think the other problem was it was quite a lot happening in a short space of time. So, you know, we've been talking about diversity and inclusion for three or four years beforehand. And suddenly in the space of three months we would talk about more about it in, you know, than we've we've ever talked about. And I and I think and also because of there's so few ethnic minorities that put their head above the parapet in the very profession, you know, those are the people they kept grabbing, lots of different people, to try and be to write articles or to speak or to do things. And I think that was quite quite taxing, um, especially when most of the time you don't get paid for it, or you didn't get any sort of compensation. And I think we start to learn during the process that other diversity consultants were saying, look, don't do that for free and think about your own time, look after yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and the good thing about the Black Lives Matter thing was it wasn't restricted to one area. I think it affected so many areas. Like, you know, even in sport, when the footballers now are all um, doing the knee, even now Scotland and England are doing it, even if they get booed. But it shows that, you know, people, and, and in Formula One and in, in medicine, and and, it's, and I think that's what was quite overwhelming about the whole thing. But it was a good wake up call. Um, and um, yeah, and I think for BVEDs, we. We, we just learned that our, our where our capabilities were and what we need to do going forward.
2: Yeah, there was a lot of people that are within our profession, like, you know, kind of black students and and vets and nurses who were finding, I think, the dialogue around maybe in their social media feeds or from their colleagues quite challenging. And um, they did need, they needed somewhere to go. And, and you know, that was, um, yeah, that was one of the most difficult things because it, it, you know, potentially could have been a really amazing point for, you know, people to go, like, I'm, I'm sorry that this has happened. And, you know, like we stand in solidarity and sometimes our profession didn't do that. they They chose a different way to respond. Um, and that was very painful for people feeling quite isolated in the profession anyway. Um, I'm, I'm so yeah. I, I'd agree with the that the students have been brilliant, and I think that they, we, we always worried about having a lot of student involvement with BVeds because I think we are more challenging than maybe um, some of the other kind of. Um, traditional diversity initiatives that have been in vet med and we did not want students to necessarily put themselves in the line because we didn't Were students we kept our heads down and um, and to deal with some of the kind of like the that waking up of feeling uncertain and unsure about the institution and the friendships and um, yeah, your colleagues and all of that kind of stuff. We, we, yeah. I, I think I've worried about it all through the time that we set B beds up. But the thing about the protest was, was the students were already there, and they were already, you know, we were kind of like, how do we support them? And. That it's too late now. They're they're active and they're vocal and they need the support. And um, I guess that's kind of like brought a lot of things. You know, that they're, they're doing an amazing job at supporting each other, um, and that is very heartening to see. And um, so yeah, so I mean, the, there's conversations and um, that are going on within. I think most of the best schools now, and there are students that have formed their affinity group, and that. Is, you know, if we had been able to do that when we were students, we would be all the better for it. And we would be much further along the road than yeah, we are now. And um, so I'm very proud of students for taking the initiative. And um yeah, they're, they're, there's a lot of leadership that is going on from student groups right now.
0: Yeah, thank you. I just kind of want to raise a couple of things that I think are really important for viewers and listeners to to know is that during these moments, it is incredibly taxing for folks with, um, you know, minoritized identities, right? It, It is like... You know um one you're kind of dealing just with the emotional fallout of the thing that triggered all of the <laughs> the activity and kind of what does that mean and 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 kind of how do i fit and what is it you know just that stuff that 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 you're wrestling with and then you know folks are having this awakening and they are like knock 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 okay so um i'm I get it, I see everything, so help me fix it and 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 it's like, yeah, I didn't create this problem. So. <laughs> I really want you to fix it, but I didn't create this problem and and so um, there is an enormous amount of emotional labor, I think that. A lot of folks with minoritized identities have endured this last year. I mean, there's already, uh, you know, just the labor that just kind of comes along with being um, an identity that is underrepresented or minoritized. But then there's, you know, this there's all of this stuff kind of going on in the ether and, and that you're wrestling with. And
1: um, I think it's important. I think it's. No, sorry yeah. I think it's also harder in our profession because there's only three percent of us it's not like we're in a profession where we've got 25 percent of minoritized people that we can turn to and and talk about in a group we're all, we're really isolated um and 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 so it makes it a lot lot harder to deal and especially me and isa being farm vets we're you know even more isolated but you know when we're trying to do these things you're trying to talk to a lot more people in a a, a lot in a bigger society that don't understand these issues can't haven't seen it from your perspective and 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 so there's a huge number of barriers to Mm. to break before you can even get touch the surface of how do we Take positive action and making real change and that and, and the whole awareness education phase is so big because you know of where where the starting point is and I don't think you know if, if it was another profession like you know then it might have been a little bit easier but um I think that that was quite difficult yeah because yeah, I you know it was quite it was it, it what I found the whole during the whole time is it polarized some people you know you suddenly found people that were, had such strong you know views that there was no problem there's no such thing as racism or sexism and things like that and 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 they those voices were quite loud and they didn't fear any repercussions so because of us we we do fear these things and we do worry about what we say so we try and say it in a way that people will be accepted whereas other people can say things and not care and so it's it's a very very difficult way of um of trying to talk about these issues and these things
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that the 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 return on investment is so much higher, right? In terms of mm. like, okay, so I'm gonna engage in this conversation, but if it goes
1: badly, yeah. <laughs> it goes really badly for me, in addition to well, right. We're easily identifiable, aren't we? <laughs> we stick out. So yeah.
0: So, but I also wanna acknowledge that that students, um, I mean, and, and not just with these issues, but students um, as advocates, as activists have always really kind of led the way in most movements, right? And so um, as much as uh, we wanna kind of find, help them find balance between like, yeah, so you're really here to get your um, degree, <laughs> We want to make sure that you complete the program and get done and are successful. But, you know, that is also just kind of this um, um, age and developmental phase where you just are ready to hit it and change the world. And you don't want to lose that energy because, you know, we get older and we get a little tired. We're still fighting, but we get a little tired. Um, And so, you know, helping students even just kind of find that balance. you know, is sometimes can be challenging. And I know for me, um, I'm sure much like you all kind of doing a lot of mentoring um, of, of students in the professional program. Sometimes you just have to say, hey, like, you know, um, oppression is not new, discrimination is not new. And sadly, these problems will be available to you to fo- solve. <laughs> When you're done with the DVM, like with your, pro, you know, with your program, like sadly, you know and, 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 you know, and I don't know if you all felt a bit of this, but there was also for me personally, um, at least a little bit of, of resentment that it's like, oh, so now everyone is woke. Everyone kind of is coming to this realization. We've been telling you this for how long that this is happening. And so now you want my help. I am here, but so is Google. Like, you know, it's like, like go for, it, you know, and so there's uh, so it, it was a very um, it was it was a great opportunity, I think, to help um, reach folks, but it also was a very challenging and kind of emotionally costly time. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I think you you realize, so I think. Putting it into perspective, there's going to be another incident that will trigger people's social conscious awakening. Um, but every time there is, you kind of you want to be ready to receive that new, like the new, the new people who have just woken up and direct them in a productive way, so that they um, create change where they where they are and that that I guess that puts a lot of, it, it can put a lot of pressure on you to like I make the most of the allies that are coming to you saying I, I want some guidance and help um, and the organisations that suddenly, you know, they've got the impetus and everybody is, is talking the right kind of talk so that you can actually get some meaningful change that you've been wanting to do for a long time. Um, and yeah, and that, that's a very busy period for any, um, yeah, EDI people who are interested in working in inequality work, I think. Um, but yeah, I think we'd be better prepared for it next time. Um, and yeah, and we have more people in the network as well who are, um, yeah, who are now who will be able to help their colleagues and friends kind of um, use that energy in a productive way.
0: Great, great. Hopefully there were some really great relationships that kind of came out of that, especially, you know, with, with external sponsors and partners and those types of things. I think that, um, you know, certainly, hopefully that helps build everyone's capacity and and um, ability to, to do more because we always are finding that there's, more to do right there's always more to do so um so there has um there's also been of course as a result of of the events of the last year huge discourse around systemic racism and whether or not it's real that's a whole nother Like We could go down that rabbit hole, right? Um, But um, certainly, you know, we are having these conversations. um, um, They aren't, they seem to be incredibly unpleasant here in the States. I'm guessing they are unpleasant (laughs) um, in the UK as well. Um, A couple, I guess it was a couple of months ago, there was a report that came out. Is it the Sewell,
2: so I, I can't I don't know how to pronounce it. Um I think phonetically it's Seawell, but I think it's sure Um okay. but um yeah, so there's been a um in response to um all the protests, the government announced that it would um, you know, kind of like investigate uh racism in the UK and they the the people who created the p- report and um, looked at kind of like health and education and policing um, and you know kind of social mobility, that kind of that kind of thing um, and we, we keep getting asked about this report and how we think that it affects veterinary medicine and you know it's very difficult. I have been following a lot of the quality organizations for you know a long time. And as soon as it was published, um, they, there was a, a lot of backlash against it because um, I think in a report that was um that people were expecting to kind of focus on institutional and structural racism, I think it it it's barely mentioned. Um and if you um I, I've got a few links that if people are curious about this report and what it does and does not show. Um, then interviews with the people who created the report themselves. And I I think it's it's quite interesting that the person who the report is named after is very particular in saying that um, institutional racism is um, something that um, is a word that is overused and they can only use it when there is evidence. And I think given that most of the organizations that have been, you know, kind of like reporting on racism and racial inequality, um, I don't feel they had their input. There are people, I I guess if this was a piece of work that a student had handed in, I think it would have been handed back. Um, There were academics whose work had been quoted within the report and um, were horrified, horrified to have been associated with it. Um, and um, the people who were organizing reports, I think, had some bias, you know, had some bias about how they viewed the even the phrase institutional racism. You know, so, for instance, the example was, you know, um, declaring your organization as institutionally racist is out, you know, is not a correct use of the word because there's no evidence and it's just like, okay, well, if everybody who's running this organization is white, you know, that's not, that's not evidence. And um, so I'll let people decide for themselves, but it's not, it's not hugely. And um, there are some good recommendations in it um, for tackling inequalities. And there are some glaring omissions. And, um, and given that we've, you know, we've had um, recent, windrush scandal um where um kind of people have been deported from the uk because um, the government um, didn't keep their records um, so that they decided that you know there's a whole generation who came over um and essentially were deported and um, and that that wasn't part of the report and I I think if you wanted an example of institutional kind of um, like organisational and structural racism, I think um, burning people's deep, you know, kind of um, disembarkment cards to prove that they came to the UK legitimately, I think is probably quite strong. Um, so, yeah, so it was that was a bit of a glaring omission. Um, and um, I think quite rightly, most of the organisations who, have been reporting and um, collecting evidence over a number of years and um, are not happy with the report. And it's those organisations that I trust. So, yeah, I, I don't think it was a good piece of academic work.
1: Some <laughs> of the other problems with it was it was just too simplistic. So it tried to find examples that were an exception to the rule. but it was not because of their minority, but despite them being a minority, but that was never put in the report. So if you look at education, they'd say, but Indian children are doing well. So therefore it's not a race thing, but it wasn't that Indian children doing well because of their race. They're doing it despite of their race, but all that stuff wasn't written in there. It was so it was given an excuse that we shouldn't be looking at it in a race context. We should be looking at another context. And what they've tried to do is go through these different things, saying it's not because of race that there's issues, it's because of other things. And I think that's where people found it difficult because it was way too simplistic and out of context. So like you said, I said, I would recommend just go to the end, look at some of the recommendations, and I think that's the job to good. One.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I didn't want to spend a whole lot of time because, you know, in pre-production, it was like, yeah, no. But... but <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's funny because I, I, I came across it um in, in preparing for another show with BBA and and you know, so I sat down and, and read it and I was like, huh, you could just swap out some stuff in this report. <laughs> in, you know, take out the K, replace with an S and G, it's an American report. Like it's <laughs> in terms of this, um, you know, Oh, institutional racism, systemic. No, that's not a thing. And so look at these examples of people who have achieved and it's like, those are exceptions to the rule.
1: Yeah. exactly.
0: A rule? Like, you yeah. know, to the 10 people, uh, what about the million, right, that are kind of left behind? And, and um, you know, it, it is um, I think very consistent with what I think um, we're seeing certainly in other countries as well, including the U.S., but not, certainly not limited to it in terms of this Hey, no, nothing to see here. Um, Racism is a is a one on one kind of or, you know, a very local thing versus, hey, these um, rules, regulations, laws were written not not inclusively and not just not inclusively, but specifically to, you know, um, marginalize, alienate, you know, just they're not inclusive, right? And so, um, so yeah, we'll definitely include some links uh, to the report as well as some other findings. I love this idea of, hey, if a student had submitted this, <laughs> this is not a research
2: paper. No. <laughs> yeah, I think you would have. You would have really, you know, like I think all of the contributors, or all, all of the major contributors, had. People found them problematic before um, it was i think if you'd wanted to you know it's a great opportunity right you know and as i say there are some good things about the reports but the the narrative i think is very biased and that um yeah it's yeah uh, slightly slightly pro- problematic personalities that were um involved and perhaps it was a missed opportunity to get the people who've been doing this work for a long time involved as well.
0: Thank you so um so there has been um, there there was a recent study on racism specifically in veterinary medicine um that I remember seeing uh that was was happening in the UK can you kind of tell me a little bit about the status on that who's doing it and you know, are our data available yet? Or, you know, I'm, I know we'll all be just so shocked, hear my sarcasm on what will be found in
1: this report. No, <laughs> so this, this, this room won't be, it's just the other people that read it, you know. Um, yeah, so it was a, we, we we won a Mind Matters Initiative scholarship um, uh, bursary to do this. And so they, they normally release one a year, um, but this year they had two. Um, and it's, so we're we're looking. It's a, it's a team. So basically, it was all through blind, um, Black Lives Matter as well, actually, because there was another person in my year, and she was teaching at the Royal Veterinary College, and um, there was a student, and she'd reached out to me previously and talked about some experiences that she had had. And anyway, she will be this her tutor was uh, was 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 my former batch mate, and so this student had gone to the my this too much to to to, to, um, to her and said oh, you know, I'm going through these things. So anyway, um, then I got an email saying, look, I've had a student come to me. She said all these things. What do I do? And I said, look, there's a huge number of things that's an issue. We need to, you know, if you want to do something, have a think. And so she came back and said, let's do some research into it. And I said, all right. So she has a research background. You know, uh, we've got lots of different ethnic minorities on the, on the board. We've got nurses, students. Um, and what we're looking into is the mental well-being and the impacts of racism based on that so it's not a it's not to prove racism exists because some people are like trying to look at that way and I'm like no if you think that then walk away because I'm not going to try and prove it what I'm going to try and prove is that it does cause mental anguish and it doesn't matter what race you are or what the situation is or what you think the impact is whether you think a simple word is not as bad as um being denied a job. But what I wanna prove is actually all of them can cause mental anguish, all of them can cause problems and and therefore we need to do something about it. So um, this has never been done in the veterinary profession. So there have been smaller, there was a discrimination survey a year, two years before us. Um, and then there have been one or two little things in universities at the moment, uh, but this one's the first national one. and um, So it encompasses vet nurses, vets, people work in the veterinary industry, educators, uh, students everybody um and it's a set, a set of about 10 questions um and so we we started the we did two pilots last year just to find two to two things it was open for 3 months between um, January to March and um, so it closed in March um, and we have 350 responses uh, which is good and so some of the questions are short answers some of them are long answers the long answer is what we're trying to look at um, so it's going to be a qualitative study um, and we're hoping to publish that so it'll, hopefully it will be released in November this year at the conference and then we're hoping to we have three papers published out of it oh, wow. um, to look at that but um, yeah it's it's crazy because the first time you start reading responses. You think, whoa, whoa, whoa. But after a while, they just start repeating with different people in different situations. But, was, but the, the experiences are very similar. You know, it's very similar experiences on EMS when they go and see practice as, stu- as students or from fellow students or things like that. And, and some of the issues are, you know, identity. The feeling of belonging and things like that—that that is, is a recurring theme. So, what we really want to do is put that into a, a scientific context, um, so that people really understand. Look, it's something that we need to deal with because it's not just, oh, you know, we need to break a barrier and it's all going to be fine. It's actually thinking about the student or the person as a person that yeah. has more requirements than just, you know, a tick box. Yeah,
0: yeah that is just so important, and I'm so excited um, about the research. I'm so. You know, there's a there's a part of me that's like, oh, it's so sad to 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 hear that people are having these experiences, right? But um, but in order for us to kind of turn things around, we we got to hear about them and and really kind of, you know, um, pay attention and and um, and show the research that this is harmful, <laughs> right? Like yeah.
1: this, this is harmful. We're very good about talking about mental well-being and wellness, but we never talk about it in this context. In fact, I read something yesterday about that, where somebody was talking about going to their therapist and talking about trauma, mental trauma, but the therapist never talked about the racial trauma, and maybe that could be adding to what they were going through and actually could have been a major factor. And I think that's the same in our profession. We're very good about talking about, you know, all this and that, but actually for marginalised people there are extra layers that we need to also consider and 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 it is something that if we don't consider it you're not ever going to get better or feel better in a way and I think that's important to consider
0: yeah I mean I think it's it's so um it's critical for folks to understand that that those layers um really do exist and that um you know yeah folks are with these identities are experiencing all of the other stuff that everybody is experiencing and then you know Bit more, and so that's something you know at AAVMC that we're really trying to take um, take to heart and pay attention to as we talk about the the creation of kind of systemic wellness programs. Like, okay, so yeah, there, there's this baseline, and and we want folks to 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 get and feel better. We want them to feel included, but um, you know, and and well, but recognize that inclusion is an incredibly big part of that for it should be, it should be for everyone, but definitely for folks with minoritized identities, right? It's it's um, um, incredibly stressful. And that echoes back to those conversations that, I mean, the, the comments earlier about the, that emotional burden that you all were feeling during the height of the protest, right? It's just, sometimes it can be a lot, it can
2: be a lot. I think, you know, and also centering, um, the mental health of people of colour I think it's quite it's quite a unique thing to have done in the family profession and um, and you know as like people saying the conversation is not about whether racism exists it's like what impact it has and um I think yeah we we don't talk we talk about um people's mental well-being we don't talk about the causes and and that goes that goes across all marginalized identities. And it's, it's really disappointing because I think what people will find is the things that, you know, there are common themes, like even for people who don't have a marginalized identity. Um, and if we really wanted to tackle well-being, we need to look at all of those things. And um, yeah, everybody needs a safe space to speak. Right. That is one of the, you know, most fundamental things about how we can reduce harm um, mm-hmm. when incidents occur and, you know, how um, we can kind of like heal, you know, kind of like as communities together. And I think that, you know, yeah, we we need to we need places to, to talk and feel safe and everybody needs places to talk and feel safe when, you know, when. Um, yeah difficult situations arise and um, and if we can you know we we can do this Um we just need we need our profession to see the value of what what we're doing and um, and yeah and to yeah to help us do that
0: <laughs> absolutely which brings us to I guess you know one of my last questions is so what's on the horizon programmatically for BVEDS what What's uh you know what's on the to do list? <laughs>
2: in, in in the next few weeks, we're gonna be um, having courageous uh, conversations too. So um we are doing that in association with Ed, which is a kind of a veterinary education kind of conference. We are the pre pre diversity or pre conference diversity stream, and. And, um, and we're hoping that we can, um, yeah, like champion some of the kind of like the expertise that I think we who we consider an expert. And um, I think in veterinary medicine, it's often like, you know, especially as educators, we know best. And it's I like, oh, actually know the students who have been through the system and worked out how to navigate it are often um, the best experts that whose experiences we should not lose. As they graduate so kind of centering um centering the experiences of the community as like they're the expert voice and um, so i definitely you know would like to um help with some training of kind of our future leaders basically um, and making sure that they have the tools including um tools for kind of um, mental well um so that they can they can continue to to do this work sustainably without harming themselves <laughs> um, so that that's something um again we're looking for three trustees and um, and um yeah we we're looking for funding as well so that's that's the other thing is that we we we've now got to a position we need to make this sustainable because um thebe and i won't be around <laughs> forever <laughs> and um the um yeah, we we want to make sure that this is um a yeah, that BVEDs is always is always around to support the communities that we want to serve. So
1: and a, and a few other things. We've got a new brand new website being developed. Um, so that should be a nice portal with all the news and things that we're doing, plus we want to put all the research up there, we want to put our mentorship scheme that we that we, we started a few years ago and we want to get up and running and get that working better um, and and so yeah so this new website and hopefully it'll be a place where people if they want to learn they don't always have to come and talk to us they can go and look there and, and read for themselves and do all that work pre-work before and um, we're, we're increasing the research as like I said of November hopefully this new the survey results we published and this will be a landmark survey for the profession first time ever and again hopefully actions can come out of that and it'll help push the conversation and the strategy forward that way um and we're we're always increasing the conversation so we started talking about decolonization as well as a side stream um we we're trying to involve other allied industries so you know we talk with agriculture and equine and all sorts of other industries as well so we're, we're just trying to get more people allied with us and and support us really um so yeah so those are the things and then obviously that the national diversity awards fingers crossed <laughs> we win that one uh, which will be which will be a nice end to the year <laughs> when will that when will that award uh you September fifteenth, I think. Right. It's uh, awesome. this is September, yeah. So we're there. There, there are five other organizations for the um, race and ethnicity organization awards. Awesome. So we'll see.
0: The so United <laughs> folks. Uh, they are looking for trustees. They are looking for money. So be sure to open the wallet (laughs) will the the new website have a place for donations to be made yeah there'll be donations or you can join as a member um, or you can do sponsorship awesome so you got lots of opportunities to (laughs) share the wealth um and And uh, be part of
1: the change (laughs)
0: <laughs> yes, part of the change. Absolutely, absolutely. This has been a, such a great conversation and I'm just so delighted um, to hear about the work that you all are doing um, in, in Great Britain and, and beyond. I mean, I think that the impact is, certainly goes well beyond um, you know your country. I think that, that you really are doing such amazing work and I just really want to commend you on that and, and stand in solidarity too, because like, we... I, <laughs> folks don't understand that when you are leading these organizations that, that you're passionate about it, but like, it's, I mean, people look at me and I'm like, yeah, okay. So this is my job, but you all are doing this on top of, right? Like these, this is like after five, after seven, after 10, you know, kind of after the kids are asleep and all of those kinds of things. And, And I think that folks really need to just, um, Uh, acknowledge that commitment and and that labor so I just want to say hats off to you all um just and thank you for for doing what you do
2: yeah well right right back at you in terms of you know kind of like the impact that you have over here in the UK um and yeah and I think it I don't know what I would have done with the energy if we hadn't had speed beds as a productive um output so um yeah it's it certainly turns a lot of negative, like anguish, anger, all of that into something that is very positive and beautiful. And yeah. And I think making, you know, we always wanted to be um, a port of call for, so that nobody had to go through any of the experiences that we had on their own. Um, Mm -hmm. And we've done that and we feel like we're doing more, um, And we've been waiting for the veterinary profession to catch up. And and I think they are. Um, And that is, I think, when you talked to us before, we were kind of like, we don't know how this is going to play out. And, you know, kind of like, well, what's going to happen in another two years? Um, It could be, yeah, it'd be some really amazing stuff. So watch this space.
0: (laughs) (laughs) definitely two years like there's a whole pandemic there's like social uprisings there's reports there's research like a lot happened (laughs) has happened in that time and so um so really really excited for the future for both of you so um so be sure everyone to check out the show notes because uh we'll have some really good follow-up information and links and all kinds of good stuff for you to learn more about the veds and uh so this has been another episode of AVMC's Diversity and Inclusion on Air podcast. To my guest Isa and Thieb, thank you so much uh, for joining me. And uh, be sure to subscribe to the show on, on your favorite podcast app and certainly on YouTube, like us on Facebook and all of that good stuff. And uh, we will see you
1: next time. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure.